You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. All right, keep your Bibles out. Hebrews chapter number 6. Now, uh, with this, we're getting into a passage of Scripture. We will, uh, if you've got to be somewhere, if you're going to be in a service, be in next Sunday night service, okay? If you have to choose between tonight and next Sunday night, be, be here next Sunday night. I joke about that. I'm waiting one day for somebody to get up and walk out. Uh, but uh, So we are, we are uh, jumping in a passage of Scripture here that uh, is going to go from milk to meat. And the whole admonition of this passage of Scripture is directly on that. You know, there are, there are too many Christians that are content with milk. And where we think that we are mature, we, we, have, we have allowed ourselves with the doctrines that are taught that we know and not really digging into where the meat of Scripture is. Christianity has become very shallow as a whole. And that is not what God's plan is. I'm so I'm thankful for new life. I'm thankful for people getting saved and new believers. I'm thankful for our kids getting saved tonight. We're going to see one of them get baptized. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. And we've, we've seen some of our children saved, and we've seen others saved, and uh, we, we, we get with that new life, we expect a new believer to, to be soaking up the milk. Just like a babe uh, in this earth, a baby Christian, uh, they're, not ready for, they're not ready for me. But somebody who's been saved for a long period of time, should be ready for me. And not only should they be ready for me, they should be ready to cut up their own meat. It shouldn't have to be spoon-fed. It shouldn't have to be from somebody else's plate of them getting meat. It should be that we are growing in our faith in such a way that we get into the Word of God and we are, we are learning and we have, we have moved past the, the baby Christian pablum. We should be past the bottle. We should be eating the, the meat of the Word. So let's go again. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 1. Hebrews 6 and verse 1. The Bible says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Now, that right there sounds terrible, doesn't it? That sounds like uh, the, the penman. I believe the penman here is the Apostle Paul. It, it is not mentioned who the author of Hebrews is. I personally believe it was Paul. Uh, but here he says, not, uh, he says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. And so he's saying uh, there are the doctrines of Christ, and he's going to name six of them here. And we're going to look at those six tonight. And he's saying we should be moving on past those. 
We should be, we should be moving on. Those, those are what is referred to as the milk. And, and these are things that we should be moving past. So, uh, leaving, uh, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Now, perfection here is maturity. So, he's saying we're, we, are, we, are, uh, we have the foundation uh, of the doctrines of Christ. And with these foundation, we have the foundation laid, but the foundation is, is laid not just so we can be content with the foundation. You see, if you were building your own house, and the contractors came in, and they put up the forms, they dug out the ground, they put up the forms, they poured the concrete for the foundation, and everybody walked away. How happy would you be? You see, the foundation is only useful when a building is going upon it. And here our theme for the year is rooted and built. Rooted and built. You have to have the foundation. And it's not wrong for somebody who is just learning to be establishing that foundation. That's necessary. But it's not, it's not the end just getting the foundation. Then there's supposed to be something built upon it. And here, uh, the reason that we are to, uh, to leave the principles of the doctrine of Christ, it says, let us go on into perfection. So the foundation is the milk. The building is the meat. It is, now we are going to move on to maturity. Now we are going to move on to uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, what God has for us uh, as a mature believer. He says, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead, of eternal judgment, and this will we do if God permit. Now, look with me again at verse number one. What is that first word? Therefore. All right? So that is telling us this, this chapter and these verses are predicated by what was just stated in chapter five. So let's back up a little, little bit. Let's go to chapter five, verse 12. We will get into the message here in a second. We're just going to lay a little bit of groundwork here. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For when, for when, for the time, ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of, what was that? Strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is, what's that word? Say that again unskillful. The, the apostle is not patting us on the back for having our foundation laid. He's saying, you're unskillful. He's saying, if all you have is the principles, the foundation laid, he said, that's just the launching pad. That's just the starting point. That is, that's, that's not maturity. He said, that is milk. 
He said, now we've got to go on beyond that. We've got to move past that, leave the foundation, and now we're going to build. We're going to move forward unto perfection. Uh, verse 14, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. My grandson, uh, Elliot, he is now seven months old. And, you know, we were, uh, we had him over the other night and uh, yesterday, and Rach was feeding him. And, you know, Elliot, I mean, if you weren't feeding fast enough, I mean, it was, as soon as she would, she would put the food in his mouth, and then she'd go to get some more, ah, I mean, he was, he was going, he was, he was kicking his feet, he was jumping out, just about jumping out of her lap, why, because he was wanting a little bit more, and I, and I kept telling her, I said, you need to hurry up, I mean, you got to keep that shoveling, keep it going in, uh, he's not, the milk is no longer good enough. There is a natural in it desire for more. Christian, how's our desire? Are we just content with milk? Or do we want some meat? Are we content with just relaying the foundation that we already have and being okay with that? Or do we want to move on to maturity, perfection? And so here, the apostle is, is writing, and he is trying to get the Christians uh, to, to recognize their need to be growing in their faith. And here with that, we need to, uh, to con continue to grow in our faith. So being rooted, that is the foundation, uh, below ground, uh, the being built, that is what is coming on that foundation. And so look again at verse number 1, Hebrews 6, 1, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on. Let us go on. And that's the title of the message tonight. Let us go on. Let's not just be satisfied with the foundation let us go on father i pray that you would help us tonight as we get into your word i pray that you would just teach us and help us uh, stir a, a hunger in the soul of each and every person that's here tonight uh, i'm looking out and i see people that have been saved and faithful and serving you uh, and who are uh, mature believers and Lord, there are others who, uh, this is all new, and, and I pray from everybody in between uh, that you would help us all to desire to know you better. Help us to, uh, to move beyond just the foundation and help us to move towards having the meat of the Word of God. And so I pray that you'd bless now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. So here, the... Uh, the apostle is, is writing and uh, he says that we are to leave the principles of the doctrine of Christ. We are to be moving past, go beyond it. Let us go on unto perfection. He says, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Now, you have to remember the context and who, who they're writing to. They're writing to believers who were weighing out Judaism and Christianity. 
and they were, they were struggling between this uh, Christianity and Judaism. Are we going to stay with the old ordinances? Are we going to stay with the Old Testament? Are we going to stay with the temple? Uh, or are we going to move on? Now, of course, we are, we are far beyond that, and you and I don't struggle with Judaism, but we still do struggle with going back to the old world, the old life. And we want to make sure that as believers, that we are moving the right direction in our faith, and we're not getting sucked back into uh, the the uh, uh, the the life of the unbeliever uh, or the worldly uh, the the life of the worldly. And so here he gives us six. He names six of these basic foundational principles that we are to go beyond. We are to let us go on. Let's move from these six. On to uh, the uh, uh, to the uh, the the uh, uh, principles that God would have for us, and so uh, so let's look at what these are. First, He said, uh, "Let us go on uh, from the principles of, of the principles of the doctrine of Christ unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works." Now. Here, here he is talking about salvation. And, and you've got to remember the, the, the group that he is writing to, the, Ju- the Judaizers, these, these people that had, had put all their faith uh, in, in the ordinances. They have, they have looked at the, the sacrifices and the laws, and they were trusting them to get them to heaven. And so the religion, if you would, and religion won't take you anywhere. Religion will not save a soul. But let me tell you something. Uh, Jesus Christ will. Uh, and, and here, when we look at this, he's talking about salvation. And so the foundation uh, of salvation, and that is where everything begins. It begins with the new birth. April 23rd, 1983 is when I got saved. I mean, uh, you've heard the testimony the first and third Sunday of every month, and you might be tired of hearing it, but I'm not tired of sharing it. Uh, Why? Because that's when I got saved. And and in my life, everything changed from that point forward. Uh, Old things were passed away. Behold, all things become new. Uh, The Holy Spirit of God moved in. He moved in. And it was amazing how he would convict. Things that I had not learned yet from being in church, the Holy Spirit started telling me was wrong. It's, it's just amazing how God works. And here he is, he is working in the life of, uh, of the believer. And you and I, uh, everything starts with salvation. Uh, John chapter 3 and verse 3, Jesus talking to a religious ruler uh, of the Jews here, Judaism. And Jesus talking to Nicodemus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I, ver- verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, what was it? Uh, he was, re- he was was trying to tell this man, uh, this religious person, about salvation. Verse number uh, five, he said, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. He's talking about the new birth. And he said, for someone to be born again, first of all, he had to have the first birth. 
Being born of the water is not talking about baptism. Being born of the water is talking about the natural birth. You ladies uh, having those babies, and uh, what's the first thing that happens? That water breaks. Uh, that is the beginning of the birth process. And that which is born, uh, the Lord uh, clarified. He said uh, that we, we had to be born of water and of the Spirit. Verse number 6, he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh born of the water. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Uh, and so here, here he's talking about being born again. When were you saved? When were you saved? Now that's, that's the beginning. That's the foundation. That's, that's one of the principles, and that's where everything starts foundationally, but that's not where we stop. That's, that's just the beginning. That's that's where everything starts. And Hebrews 9, verse 14, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And so, first of all, here we see repentance from dead works, and that's talking about salvation. Uh, that's the first principle that's mentioned. Secondly, we see the principle of faith towards God. Faith towards God. The Christian life is the life of faith. It's foundational. We've got to have that foundation. If we're going to be able to build upon it, we've got to have that foundation. We have to have that foundation where we trust God. You say, well, I trust Him for my salvation. Okay, now trust Him with your life. It's different, isn't it? It's different. The bills start coming in. Anxiety from all that's going on in the world around us. And what do we find? At some point, we've just got to trust God. Is God sovereign? Yes, he is. Is God in control? Let me tell you, COVID is not in control. And our president definitely is not in control. <laughs> He's just spitting out with somebody spoon-feeding him. I digress. But here, salvation is where it starts, but trust, faith. Are we going to trust him? Are we going to trust the Lord? Uh, Romans 1.17, the, the, the Reformation all started. Martin Luther uh, nailing the 95 Thesis on the door uh, uh, of that church. And, and what do we find? We find that here, as that started, uh, what started it? Romans 1.17, as a monk, he's reading his Bible, and he comes across Romans 1.17, as it is written, the just shall live, oops, for therein is written the righteousness of for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. You know, as believers, it's God's plan for us to live by faith. 
We have, we have got to live by faith. Uh, Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What is it? That you and I are supposed to live by faith. We go to Hebrews chapter 11. It's the hall of faith. God is lifting up these people for us to look at and see how they live by faith. They trusted God in a world where circumstances and situations were uncertain, yet they still trusted God. And so there was faith there. So a foundation that we are to go beyond, that, that foundation of salvation, that principle, that doctrine of Christ, of faith towards God. Thirdly, we see in Hebrews 6, 2, it says of the doctrine of baptisms. The doctrine of baptisms. Baptism and what it references and what it symbolizes. What do we find? We find that baptism is just shows. It's an outward picture of an inward condition. And as a believer, because I am saved, I follow the Lord in, in baptism. Acts 2.41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. What was it? People that trusted Christ, they wanted to take that next step. Acts 10.48, the Bible says, and they commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. What was it? There was a, a need, a necessity uh, for them to identify with the Savior. And, and in our world, uh, in our area of the nation, when we get baptized, we are not persecuted for it. But around the world, when somebody gets baptized, they are stepping away from the doctrines of their culture their family. We knew a man when I was in college. He was, he was a Mennonite. And Brother Yoder. And this man, when he got saved and got baptized, his family built a coffin. And they called the whole community together and they had a funeral. They dug a hole. They buried that coffin handmade coffins he was dead to them they did not have one thing to do with him the rest of his life he married he had children nothing we don't we don't lose anything when we get baptized but what is that baptism that baptism is saying i put my faith in jesus christ and because I accepted him, I want other people to know that I am saved. And so what do we do? We go down into the water, just like they did in the, Baptist, uh, in the, in the Bible. You won't see any sprinkling in the, the Word of God. It was always by immersion. It was always after salvation. Uh, and they go down into the water, and they were baptized. Uh, and what is that picture? It pictures the death of Christ on the cross the burial, and the resurrection. How did we get saved? We got saved because of what Christ did on the cross. He died on the cross. He was buried. And that third day, he rose again for our justification. Uh, and we are saved. And so here, as a person gets saved, they follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Matthew uh, 28, 19, and 20, the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And we're comfortable just stopping right there. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. 
And then there's the process that continues, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So here the Lord himself is encouraging the, the disciples to win people to Christ, go share the gospel, win them to Christ, be, uh, uh, and when they get saved, teach them that they need to get baptized uh, in identifying with the Savior. This is, a, this is a principle of the doctrine of Christ. And, and here as believers, there are, there are people sitting in churches Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, well, you know, I just don't want to get baptized. And we're okay with that. Let me tell you something. That's not okay. That's disobedient. It was quiet. Why, why, is that, why are we quiet about that in a Baptist church? But the reality is, that's Bible. And you know what it reveals? We're stuck on the principles. We're content. Well, that's good enough. It's not good enough. Because that's not the steps that God wants us to take. And at some point, if we are going to live the life of faith, we've got to start being obedient to what the Lord is telling us in His Word. And Christians are supposed to be obedient. That should be normal for the believer. And so here we see that these are uh, the principles of the doctrines of Christ that we are to let us Go on. We are to have already done these, have already got all of these nailed down in our own life, and now we're able to move on uh, to the meat of the Word of God, as was stated in chapter number 5. Uh, next, we see the laying on of hands. Laying on of hands. Now, this passage of Scripture on the laying on of hands, it can have a couple different meanings. Uh, go back to Acts chapter number 8. Acts chapter 8. Now, you have to remember, for us, we look at the Word of God as it applies to us today. I mean, you know, when, when I got saved, the Holy Spirit of God moved in. And, and that, was, that was normal. When, every, when it was starting, when, when the Spirit came, what do we find in the very beginning? We find that the laying on of hands was a part of the process of the new believers receiving the Spirit of God. So Acts chapter number 8, look at verse 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was, uh, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. So here, the laying on of hands, uh, as, as this New Testament believers, as everything was just starting out for the, the new believers, it could be referring to them receiving the Holy Ghost with the laying on of hands. Uh, it could also uh, refer to the laying on of the hands of the presbytery as in the ordination process. Uh, as in when scripture talks about that, uh, uh, that a someone that is being called to ministry, they would lay their hands on for special service. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14. We've, been, we've had several ordination services here and 
and with that, you have been a part of, you have seen, you've witnessed this laying on of the hands. Uh, what was it? The recognition of God's calling and ordaining uh, a, a person for ministry. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. All right, so here Paul is talking to his, his young protege, Timothy, and he's talking to him about uh, not to neglect the gift that was given to him uh, by the laying on of the hands. Go to chapter 5, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 22. With this, we see an admonition of those that are laying on hands. It says, uh, lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Uh, and now the admonition is from Paul to Timothy. You make sure that you are cautious and careful on who you lay hands on, making sure that they are, they are ready for ministry. They are called. They are ordained. Uh, and it is not out of presumption. Somebody just trying to get a position, trying to get uh, notoriety. He said, don't be a part of other men's sins. That's that's the, what the reference here is. Uh, and by not laying hands suddenly on no man, there's the admonition uh, about a pastor that he should not be a novice. Should not be a novice. And, and with that, lest he be... He, he, uh, he, he uh, rise up in pride uh, and uh, becomes a... Uh, cast away. So, uh, so here we see the laying on of hands. Fifthly, we see here in Hebrews 6 the, the resurrection of the dead. The resurrection of the dead. Uh, so here it says in verse 2, uh, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead. So go back to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Now, you and I, we have the word of God, we hold it, we trust that Christ was resurrected from the dead. Amen. We celebrate that resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. Uh, that uh, is what we are, uh, what we are, uh, we are, we are just uh, recognizing and honoring him. We know that he lives. Acts chapter 17, look at verse 31. Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. Uh, so what do we find? First century here, these believers, they were people were hearing about the resurrection. And not everybody was believing it. It wasn't a common thing. you got to remember, first century Christianity was new. And so to them, this was, this was an affront. Paul, as I preached on this morning, the apostle Paul was persecuting the, the church uh, and Christians. Not because he was an evil individual. Paul was persecuting the Christians because he felt that they were a sect against God. And so in his zeal to follow the Lord, they were persecuting, uh, he was persecuting the Christians until he got saved. And then when he got saved, everything changed, and uh, we saw that. Uh, but uh, the resurrection, uh, here we see the resurrection of Christ. And that's, that's just foundational. Without the resurrection of the dead, 
we are still in our trespasses and sins. If Christ was still in the grave, we are still dead in trespasses and sins. But his resurrection from the dead proved that he was God. It proved he was God. And that's foundational. And, and with that, we believe that. That's the principles of the doctrines of Christ. Uh, you, don't get, you don't get too much uh, too, uh, more, more foundational, too much more foundational than the resurrection of Christ and that he is uh, God. Uh, so, so with that, though, the resurrection uh, was not just of Christ. There's also resurrection of the believer. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 13. We'll read down to verse number 18. I love these verses. Uh, these, are, these are verses that uh, just set our soul at peace. You know, the Lord's coming back. And he's going to take us one of two ways. He's going to take us by the upper taker. He's going to take us by the undertaker. One of the two. I just as soon go by the upper taker. But one way or the other... He's taken us all. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 13. And to esteem them... Oh, that's not where I was at. 2 Thessalonians. There we go. Let me, let me find it real quickly. 2 Thessalonians. I typed that in. I apologize. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 5. Nope. Where are we at? 2 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians 4, what am I doing here? 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 13. There we go, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13. But I would ha not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And uh, praise the Lord for that. He's coming back, and he's gonna, uh, he's gonna, we are going to be resurrected. Uh, our, our bodies, we're, he's going to give us a new body. Uh, but uh, with that, uh, here we see that, that there was... There was going to be that resurrection uh, of the dead. Uh, and not only was there going to be the resurrection of the dead, there was going to be judgment, uh, he said. And uh, go to Revelations chapter 20. Revelations chapter 20. <clears throat> Revelations chapter 20, we see this judgment uh, that uh, the Lord said was, was going to come and uh, Hebrews 6 here in verse number uh, 2, he said, Of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, and of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Of eternal judgment. The Bible says, And I saw a great white throne. Verse number 11. And him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. 
and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Now, look at me for a second. We're talking about the lost here. We're talking about the judgments of the lost, the great white throne judgment. Now, you and I as believers, we will be a witness at this judgment, but we will not be a part of this judgment. Now, for the believers, we will not stand before the Lord as our judge. Our faith in Christ has secured our salvation. Now, there will be a day where we stand before the Lord and we will receive a reward or a loss of reward according to that he hath done, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians. And so we know that there is going to be a time of assessment where we are going to either, we're going to earn rewards on how we have lived, but, but that is going to be on rewards. That's not going to be on a destination. That's already determined. And, and if you're saved, you, there isn't a sin that you didn't commit to get you saved. And there isn't a sin that you can commit that will make you lost. You see, you and I aren't saved by our goodness. We are saved by the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. It is because of what he has done. And he said, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, nobody will get up to heaven and say, you know what, my works, look at all I did. Nobody's going to get to heaven that way. It's all through what Christ has already done. But here when we look at this great white throne judgment, we do find that God has got a book. He's got the book of life. He's got the book of truth. And he has got a book of works. The plurality of the books here that are listed. And God says that he is going to judge them according to the things written in the books. If their name was not written in the book of life, they're going to stand before God at the great white throne judgment. So here in 6.1, uh, uh, we see, or 6.2, it says, And uh, of the doctrines of baptisms, laying on of hands, of resurrections of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And God says, listen, for the believer, foundationally, it is, it is, a, it is a principle of the doctrine of Christ that there is such a thing as eternal judgment. Those that do not accept Christ will be under the judging hand of God. Revelations chapter 20, we continue that, verse 14 and 15. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death, the Bible says. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Eternal judgment. That's why it's so important for us to be light. That's why it's so important for us to share our faith with others. Because there is such a thing as eternal judgment. 
You know why we are content not telling people about Christ? Because we haven't established this basic principle. Why are churches not engaging and getting the gospel around the world? I'm all for putting, I'm all for feedings. I'm all for putting clothing on people that are, that are naked. I'm all for digging wells. I'm all for putting in hospitals. But all of those things are secondary to the greatest need of getting the gospel to this world. It's secondary. It's a, it's a tool to be able to get the gospel. We're sending resources. We're sending money over to the Ukraine. Uh, we're taking up offerings for that. Uh, but the reality is, it's not just to try to give somebody some food or some clothing or to help the refugees. It's not just that, though we want to help them. Uh, the Lord said, inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So we are to be helping, and we are to, to have that heart of, uh, of trying to help people. But at the, the same time, the foundational principles are based on getting the gospel around the world. Why? Because there is a place called hell. And people that die without Christ go into a devil's hell and they will be there forever. The Bible is very clear on that. It's a foundational principle. And we're not moving to meet, we're not going on from the principles of the doctrines of Christ because we're still trying to figure out what we believe about this. My pastor always told me, you only believe that which moves you to action. If I believe there's a hell, I'm going to tell people about a Savior who will save them from that hell. Sharing the gospel is not condemning. Sharing the gospel is liberating. Sharing the gospel is not condemning, it's freeing. That's what Christ did. The Bible says in Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The very purpose of His coming. You see, these six principles, these are principles that He said that let's move on unto maturity. Let's not be content. Okay, well, we got these figured out. Let's go on. Let's move beyond that. Let's, let's go from this being unskillful in the Word to being skillful in the Word. Let's, let's go beyond this foundation and let's build something on top of it. And that's how our faith should be. It shouldn't just be, yeah, I've got these things checked off in my life and I'm good. No. Those are just pouring the foundation. Now let's go on. Let's go on. Now, where are you at in your faith? Are you saved? If you're not sure you're saved, you need to get saved. Where are you at in the doctrine of baptism? I'm still thinking about it. Quit thinking about it and just be obedient. Quit thinking about it. You know, how, how would you like it when your kids look at you and say, you know, Mom, I know you told me to do this, but I'll think about it. My kids look at me and say, yeah, Dad, you know, 
I know you want me to do this. I'll think about it. Yeah, let's see how that would not have gone very far. Now, they're all adults out of the house now. But, but, it, but at home, that would not have flown. You know what? God's our Heavenly Father. I don't have to understand all the whys. As I grow and mature, oh, that's why. That's why. My job is just to be obedient. Now we see through a glass darkly, then face to face. There's coming a day when it'll all make sense. God doesn't owe us an explanation. He doesn't owe us an explanation. He's God. We just, we just have to follow. Let's go on. Let's go on. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. And help us, Lord, in our own personal walk with you uh, to take an assessment of where we are. Maybe, uh, maybe we are struggling with some of these areas. I pray tonight that uh, we will yield ourselves to you and, and just decide to uh, take those steps of faith. Uh, Lord, maybe there's some areas where uh, we, we have fallen back. We, we had it nailed down, and, and now that uh, part of the foundation has, has crumbled. I pray that you would help us to reestablish that for those who have this foundation. They've already got these principles nailed down. I pray that uh, we would not be content, but that we would go on uh, unto perfection. And so help us tonight in our faith. Speak to hearts, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. The instruments are going to play. You all... Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.